Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots, episode 121. Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. In this episode, we look at HubSpot's new menu, email tips and benchmarks, and some Apple fun facts. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Well, Goji Ma, and you're pretty perked up this week, aren't you? I know, Craig. I was listening to last week's episode, and I sounded like I was falling asleep. Well, it was a late <laughs> night. We had a big week, so yeah, but we're all dosed up on the Goji Ma and the coffees. So. Oh, Goji Ma, I see. Yeah, it's so much, yeah. So look, inbound thought of the week, 124 days. If I said that to wow. you, what would it mean? That means that we are getting very close to inbound. Yep. And with that comes lots of nice surprises. Is that right? Possibly. What are the surprises? Well, new products, new things that are in the pipeline. Oh, that's a surprise. That's a surprise. But I'll tell you what, one of them's coming next week. We'll chat Correct. about that in a second. That's but, right. Um, yeah, lots happening. So um, inboundcountdown.com, you can get the latest. And inbound.com is where you go to find out who the new speakers yes. are. There is, there's actually a list of speakers now, which is growing and when there's a few more, we'll come back and talk about some of them. Hey, speaking of HubSpot people and Boston, I wanted to give a shout out to Brent. Brent. Hey, hey, Brent. How you doing? I wonder if he's listening to the show over there. Now, Brent was our channel consultant in Sydney. And now he's been promoted to a manager and he looks after the implementation team for North America, which is pretty big. Yeah, well deserved so, too. He's, he's well done, special. Brent. You know, I was on a client site the other day. Actually, no, a prospect. I was talking with them. And they said, oh, yeah, well, no, we used to do with this guy at HubSpot. And I was like, oh, yeah, who was that? They said, oh, Brent. And I was like, oh, Brent, I know Brent. <laughs> they said, yeah, he was excellent. I said, oh, he's got no He said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> said, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> but Brent, and you know who else? I'm looking forward to seeing Ariana. Hey, Ariana. Yes, hello, Ariana. I was emailing with her today. Looking forward to catching up with her next time we're in the Sydney office. She hasn't abandoned us over to Boston. No, uh, she hasn't. So no. we'll see you soon, Ariana. That's right. Now, you were talking about something coming up in HubSpot in the next week or so on the new menu. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I'm liking the new menu, Craig. So what HubSpot have done as probably most of you who use the system would know, there was kind of this marketing and sales side and you kind of had to swap. Like, so if you're a sales user, for example, and you're looking at messages or you wanted to go to messages and documents, you had to constantly go through these three or four clicks to get to stuff. I'm like, it doesn't make sense because people in marketing and sales use those features, right? So what they've done is they've actually amalgamated and made this really nice clean menu, which makes a lot more sense in the way it's organized. So you can easily access all the different parts of the system. Yeah, it's really good. Now we've got it because we've opted into the beta program. We're beta program members, but it is rolling out pretty soon. In yes. fact, by the time that you listen to this. Might already be out. Might have it. And I think it's I think it's opt-in. So you don't have to switch to it straight away. But I'll just say that my impression of it was kind of within minutes of switching, I was fine. You were delighted, were you? Craig? I was delighted. And that's pretty big when it comes to an interface change. It's quite significant. Navigation. Yes. Navigation change in a product. But I just feel at home straight away. And so some things, you know, that you kind of, oh, where's that? Uh, where's yes, I did ask you for one thing. Where's project hiding these <laughs> days? And there's stuff like that. But they've surfaced some things Correct. too, like HubDB kind of yes. has been promoted up. Correct. Much more visible and a few things like that. And, and this is very apparent 
as we both use the AdWords interface in Google, where we have major frustrations and endless anxiety, should I say. <laughs> and I think what's interesting, like when we're watching the product update, is that they've actually done a fair bit of thought being put into this. And I think that shows it really that shows. the thought and the testing and the understanding of behind what people are doing. And I'm sure they've probably picked up a lot of data as to what people are clicking around and really making it easy for people makes a massive difference. Yeah, look, I'm really happy with this change. And so the reason we're harping on about this in the show is if you're a HubSpot customer and the menu option comes along, I've got no hesitation to say, yeah, just switch. It's really not painful at all. You wouldn't switch back. You wouldn't back. switch back. You're just like, I'm so at home in this. It, exactly. Like, what, it's one of those things in hindsight, you kind of go, oh, this is so much better. Exactly. And I think I feel frustration when I now go into a portal that doesn't have that menu mm. and I have to keep switching around. And I like your comment about AdWords because we both find I struggle. The, the new AdWords interface. It's been out for months now. And every time I go in, I'm just still, I mean, that's much more than a navigation change, admittedly, but gee, it's. It's a good way in what not to do. It's unsettling. It's it's so frustrating uh, for people that have used the old AdWords interface Correct. for so long. And I know it sounds like whining because, you know, the marketing changes. It's always got to be changing and you can't hold back. I mean, every time Apple makes a change, people outcry, oh, I want it to stay the same. So I don't want to be in that camp. But seriously, when you do change interfaces, there are right ways to do it. And then there's um, what, what we call friction full ways to do it. Yes. And, yeah, the HubSpot one is beautiful. So. All right, on to our marketing feature of the week, Craig. And we're going to talk about something that's changing in the system. And you will see this in HubSpot. We talk about the HubSpot owner in a lot of places in the system. And what they're actually doing is changing that name so there's less confusion. So, for example, you will see there's a HubSpot contact probably called HubSpot owner in contacts. And they're going to call that the contact owner now. And same goes for company, owner, deal owner, and rolling out very soon. Ticket owner, because a part of Service Hub Mm. will come this thing about tickets. Yeah, look, this is just an FYI for people. They're just changing a label. There's no functional change. But it's just so, it's so obvious. This is another hindsight thing. It's kind of like, because we have clients say, what is HubSpot owner? What does that mean? Yes. You know, is that, who is that the person that signed up for the account and pays the bills? Yes. No, 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 it's you. You're the owner of that contact. So now to say contact owner, so much better. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot gotcha of the week. And this is a gotcha because I've been using the ads add-on to create Facebook audiences and do a few things and actually get that data in. What I love about it love is the that, ads add-on. Yep. that I can track down particular ads, keywords, down to the contact that converted on that. And that's the best part. And then also creating the Facebook audiences from your lists and having that all synced. So when I went into a customer account and I tried, I thought, okay, I'm going to do a bit more Facebook. They said, let's do some Facebook advertising. And I went to do it and I didn't have the ads. I don't All I could create was a website audience. And that was my entire thing that I could do. And then I realized all these things I took for granted, having the ads out on where I could create audiences of lists that we had was not there. So that's the gotcha. Right. Yeah. I, so the, the the gotcha is I didn't have the ads add-on. Correct. Exactly <laughs> I, right. I hadn't paid for an add-on. That and was I, the gotcha. <laughs> and I just thought to myself for that small minute investment, the amount of ease you can get and the speed at which you can implement things is so great yep. that I would happily pay the money. It does. It saves you hours. And um, well, we, for a 
portals that don't have the ads add on, we use Leadsbridge to sync between HubSpot and, ah. and Facebook and, you know, things like that. Yes. So it's a third-party tool. It yes. syncs stuff. And, yeah, that's like... And I get this with my team, you know, we're, we're chatting and we're going, oh, okay, so we've got to sync this. And they're like, oh, so how do we do that? Don't we just do that in HubSpot? No, that's in our <laughs> portal. In other portals, you've got to go and use this third-party tool. So I'm totally with you. When you say it's a gotcha of the week that you don't have this, it is kind of like it's yeah. like, oh, it makes so much a difference. And I think the why I'm saying this is because the more and more we use paid advertising, especially Facebook and Google, it becomes quite an imperative in tool that we have in our chests so should we say and i think not having it is actually detrimental to what you do yeah I, I tend to agree and for or for our clients it's it's probably the key add-on that we say we well you know my thoughts are no the, question the reporting add-on yes. and others but yeah the ads add-on is is a pretty pretty strong yes all right on to our marketing tip of the week craig we're going to talk about email marketing unsubscribe reasons and frequency versus relevancy. And this is from a report that has been done recently. Am I right? Yeah, so I'll just set this up. I was reading the Convince and Convert blog, which is excellent. And they were looking at some email in 2018 kind of trends. And they referenced two reports. One's from Litmus, well-known massive email. That's right, testing um, tool. Testing and um, optimization uh, platform. And, mate, some of their stuff, by the way, we've got a few links just in the show notes yep. for this for three different items of theirs. So this main research came from the PDF from that, and we've got a link to that landing page. Make sure you download it. But I was alerted to it from the Convince and Convert blog. So one part of that research was around why do people unsubscribe? And there's a graph. We've got it in, in the show notes, and I'll just highlight it. And what I was frustrated about this research was they were saying the top five reasons why people unsubscribe, and you know the first reason? They say people received too many emails or irrelevant emails. Yes. And I'm like, which of the two is it? Because this is the contention I always have. Is it because it's the frequency or is it the relevancy? You're right. You're quite right. And I'll always push to say it's relevancy, as we've discussed before, because if it's relevant, I'll happily get an email a day. Exactly. And I think most people will. And we know that from... From companies Things that, we subscribe that I get an yeah. email a day from, I know they're successful. They've got massive databases and they continue because it's relevant. Too many, I think, often gets lumped into this. And this is the unfortunate thing with this research. Frequency, yeah, if it, even if it's once a month and it's irrelevant, that's too many. But relevancy has to trump. So that's my disappointment with this research. And I guess what I wanted to highlight to listeners why we're highlighting this is that You've got to take these kind of research reports in context and sort of put some thought behind it. Put some thought behind it. And you can take this as a like an input, but don't just kind of assume it's just the frequency. However, there were other things, other reasons why they talked about. And I thought this was interesting. The brand's email or website didn't display well on a smartphone. You know what? So they unsubscribe. Yes. Very at a very high rate. And I thought, wow. So imagine you get your frequency right and your relevancy right, but it just doesn't render well. Unsubscribe. It's a harsh world we live in, Craig. Well, it's uh, what an easy to fix problem. You know, you go to all this effort to write relevant content, but you don't spend a bit of time to make a responsive email. And I think the other flip side to that is people, and I've found this with people I've spoken to this week, 
have this impression that email needs to be like a massive, like a newsletter of yesteryear, everything in email. And I actually am an advocate of making things short, punchy, and really easy to digest quickly because that's where people are reading it. Like people will, and there are instances where long emails will suffice, but again, it's understanding who you're speaking to and what the expectation is. I think that's exactly right. Well, what you're actually saying relevancy. Yes. Because is a short email relevant for something? Yeah, of course. Is a long email relevant for others? Yes, of course. Yes. I will put a caveat that often these research reports are based around analysing promotional emails. Mm. So take out transactional <laughs> stuff and that it's really around promotional stuff. And promotion does tend to cover educational plus advertising, you know, kind of things as well. So unfortunately, it's, it's a bit of a grey. You know what's um, interesting in this, in this graph you've got here? Mm. So the second reason why people unsubscribed was the subscriber was no longer interested in the brand, which is interesting. So they talk a lot about brands in here. And even the last reason was the brand's mobile app didn't work well. So I'm actually, and, and then the next one was actually to do with customer service, bad customer service. So I unsubscribed to the email, which is really interesting. Yeah. I thought that was really good. I was, I was going to save that for next week, actually, that around course customer service will all fit yeah. in nicely with uh the whole um, customer service hub. So, yeah. so we will talk about that, but it's very interesting in highlighting how people are behaving based on interaction with businesses. Yes. Excellent. Excellent point. Now, you had a quick takeaway, Craig. Well, one of the things I found was that, you know how you have that view in browser link? Yes. So Usually at the top of the email. Usually at the top, you can't read this properly, click here to view it. They, based across all their analysis across thousands of, you know, they have access to lots of emails going out on behalf of their clients. Uh, they have 3% click-through rate just on that link. So the point being, keep it in there. Because if I said to you, oh, I can get you an extra 3% <laughs> click-through on your email, you'd say, oh, fantastic, 3%. <clears throat> so get that link in there. And in HubSpot, of course, it's just you turn on a Correct. box. Yes. Uh, you tick a box on and the link is in there. So don't forget that. All right, onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. I wanted to highlight tasks. Now, this is important because I have been sitting with a few salespeople recently and it's one of the features that I've highlighted to them, but I've also highlighted to myself because if I used it, I would not be forgetting things that I need to get done. And what it really showed me and highlighted to me when I talk about it to people in sales is that it creates a repeatable daily process that they can follow and things that they can get done because they're all about getting through and especially when they're talking to lots of people is actually having that task list, being able to get through it seamlessly and efficiently. So I put a link in there for the knowledge base so you can actually learn more about it because you can set up uh, different um, task queues. And then you can, if you're managing a sales team, you can actually see what tasks are in there. And obviously tasks get created while you're in the timeline and in different places. So have a look at that and be familiar and actually encourage your team to use it to actually get through things. Well, one of the things we chatted about uh, two weeks ago, I think, was using workflows to create Correct. tasks. So, yeah, it's a, it make it a part of your workflow. That's right. It's a really powerful tool. And I think introduce it to sales and get them using it so that you can actually get everyone onto the same platform. Because what I'm finding is as people use different parts of the system, there is this uncanny, sticky ability that people stick and, and see what happens and improve their productivity. Now, there's one little thing on there, Craig, that you want to highlight. There is a setting in tasks 
which is to actually create a follow-up reminder once you complete that task. Now, this is on by default, and it will ask if you want to switch it off, but depending on how you your workflow is, decide whether you want it on or off. Yeah, just one of those settings. We're trolling through settings and found that there. I didn't realize that, but, yep, you can turn it off if it's not appropriate. That's right. All right, Craig, on to our fun fact of the week. We just jumped over shot six, our opinion of the week. And why is that? Oh, we're all out of opinions, Greg. Yeah, I don't have any opinions. <laughs> well, none worth mentioning. Late on a Wednesday, it's not coming freely. All right, the fun fact of the week, Craig. Now, Apple podcast platform has hit 50 billion downloads and now has over 500,000 shows. And I think I'm going to give you share with you some stats of how this has come about. In 2014, there were 7 billion podcast downloads, right? 2016, that number jumped to 10.5 billion. In 2017, last year, jumped to 13.7 billion episode downloads across the podcast app and iTunes, right? And here's what's interesting. March 2018, Apple Podcasts passes 50 billion all-time episode downloads and streams, which kind of goes to show how much this sector of the market is increasing. And I've been listening to lots of other podcasts and people talking about it, so voice is the next frontier, what we're doing and how we interact, create things with voice. And I think this is clearly evident that this is happening. 50 billion, that's a lot. And I think our producer, Chris Mottram, he produces shows which is about 20 million of those. That's right. He's got got a bit of a chunk out of those, yeah. So, yeah, so definitely I think if you're thinking about your marketing mix, think about where voice is going to fit into that and have start thinking strategically about what you can do to get into that space. Now, Craig, our resource of the week is the 2018 email marketing predictions from Campaign Monitor. Yeah, so this was the second part from our earlier segment on email. And why I've put this in resource of the week is because when you go to this link that's in the show notes, it is a perfect example of beautiful content which is really valuable and relevant. I kind of get despondent when I see stuff like this because I think, man, it's such good content. It's so useful. It's so well presented. You know, how am I ever going to produce that kind of stuff? I'd love to be producing content and design of this quality for our clients. Like that's the kind of stuff I aspire for us to do. So great example for listeners if you're looking for great content and really useful. It's around email marketing design trends and predictions Worth reading because one of them is on personalization, which is the one I'm really interested in, personalizing email. We're all trying to get to that high standard of the Amazon, you know, what we call the Amazon email. Well, it's almost like it's written just, just for you. Just for you. Yeah. Personalization is getting pushing us along that path. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not pretending we'll get to that <laughs> format anytime soon, but at least pushing along with some of the HubSpot tools, personalizing content. Yeah, it's definitely something people should be taking advantage of. Yes. And I think that's a real key and I think this also comes back to data that's housed within your system. I was doing a, setting up a campaign for a customer today and they wanted to send an email out to people that they had done a deal for like two years past. So they've passed over the two-year mark. So I was able to find out who their pe- people had used because we put that data in, but I couldn't find any date pertaining to when that deal was done And I'm like, well, I can't send this personalized email because we actually say you've been with us over two years. 
when I don't have a date to actually segment that off. So I've had to go back and go, well, you need to put the dates in. And I think this is the whole thing. It all comes back to the underlying data that you have. Yeah, that's a really good system. point. So always be looking for those opportunities and looking for ways to enhance and clean up your data because this all helps with the personalization. Quote of the week, Craig, this is going to be from Tim Ferriss. It says, people will choose unhappiness over uncertainty. I think they will. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that too. I, I read him like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I don't know what the takeaway is or what whether it's good or bad, but I certainly can relate. Now, I've got a quote for you. Is this from you, Craig? No, <laughs> but I want to guess if you see if you can guess who said this. All right. I'll read it out. Okay. So listeners, see if you can guess. I'd like to dial it back 5% or 10% and try to have a vacation that's not just email with a view so he's basically talking about turn off email and um, yeah take it easy when you actually go on vacation so vac- De- definitely not gary v it's not gary v and i've used vacation so instead of holiday so it's we know it's not, it, well, not it's australian it's american all right who's that and i thought it was just a good quote in keeping with our email theme for the show is it several from hubspot craig no it's not oh but i tell you what seth it's not Seth, but they're thinking of going to Mars one day. <laughs> Elon. It's Elon Musk. So there you go. Yeah, right. He doesn't want it to be email with a view. Isn't that a great summary? Email with a view. Oh, yeah. My holiday was email with a view. <laughs> you didn't have a holiday. <laughs> great quote. Uh, not when you're sleeping in the factory. That's right. Uh, well, that was very good. Thank you, Craig. All right. Now, we've got, we've got an interesting bonus link of the week, which is to do with Facebook advertising platform changes. Why I wanted to highlight this was with all the things that have been going around Facebook and Mark and talking to Congress, some changes have had to take place. And so if you are doing Facebook advertising, you've noticed some things have gone missing or become a bit vague of late. And I think this is a great piece of content that highlights what's gone missing and probably the reasons why they're missing. So have a read of that. Right. So just uh, give us an example of, say, one of the things that's changing in Facebook as a result of this. Uh, Not being able to see how many people belong to a particular audience. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I saw in one of your accounts. I'm like, oh, that's a bit, (laughs) you can't tell what how many people are there yeah and so they've really they're blurring it yeah they are and even things to do with race age financials is all in play now and you can't actually mention or even run ads against yeah so targeting has been great i don't mind that actually because i think that does protect people it does i and well as a marketer it's not as good because i can't be as targeted but i do think that protects people so that's good but audience size, that was one of those things because we'd upload a customer list exactly. to get a match rate, yes. you know, match and go, oh, yes, yeah, 60% match rate. Told you they were on Facebook, that kind of stuff. We can't do yeah, that anymore. can't do it. All right. So that's really interesting. So I would definitely go and have a look at that. Now, finally, we'd love you to give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts as this helps us improve and reach more people that are interested. Please do. We'd love some ratings. It's not that hard. Just go on to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever it is and then uh, leave us a rating. That'll be fantastic. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.